What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain, Marty Skrull, and you are listening to Beyond... No, sorry, what was it? (laughs) Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. Um, WrestleMania has just ended. WrestleMania 36, aka No Fans WrestleMania, aka the virus we shall not speak of, WrestleMania, has taken place. Um, the second night has taken place. The first night already That's took right. place. That's right. And what do we think? I think this was a really, really good show. I think uh, we talked about this a little bit on our live stream. Check that out on Twitter. Uh, At behind underscore gorilla. I think this was a really solid show. I think you're never... The size of the card now and the number of wrestlers and matches that they feel obligated to put on, you are never going to have a show that's just start to finish like every match is great and all the storyline payoffs are great. But all of the stuff I cared about, I feel like they handled pretty well. A lot of the matches were really great genuinely exciting WrestleMania worthy moments in spite of the fact that there were no people there yeah. and the storyline payoffs, especially like I preferred night two, the storyline payoffs on night two were awesome. And I'm in, I'm really excited to see where we are going forward. Now, whether they're able to do anything or not for the foreseeable future, you know, who knows what the next few months look like for everything, but also wrestling, but I think this was yeah. a really, really solid WrestleMania. I don't think there's a lot more you can ask of them, especially with no crowd. But given the fact that they had no crowd, I think they knocked it out of the park. I think this was a better show than it had any right to be. I agree with that. Yes, I, I definitely agree. Better show than it had any right to be. Just about as good as they could have possibly done with the circumstances, right. with the no crowd, with the superstars pulling out, like you know, with all that type of stuff. They were able to craft a a very competent, a very good two nights of wrestling, for the most part. And again, all things considered, it is an it is a situation where if this is like a normal WrestleMania, I don't think it's that great. Um, I think there was a handful of bright spots, but most of it. Most of it, and I don't know if it's just because of the crowd not being right. there, but it's most of say. it, you just didn't really care about like not there wasn't a lot to care like in most of these matches again handful i thought night uh night one i probably liked better than night two because i thought there were three very good matches that the triple threat ladder match was very well done yeah um would have been much better with a crowd but they still killed it they did a good job i liked the finish i thought it was unique and different a lot of people hated it i liked it uh, the KO and or the Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins match I thought was probably, other than the Firefly Firefly Funhouse which we right. will talk the whole episode about, um, I thought that was the best match of WrestleMania. I agree. As far as traditional matches, yeah, go, yeah, it was really good. It felt important. Both guys are very talented and they brought their A game. Mm-hmm. And even with no one in the crowd, they still made it feel yeah. important. It was very interesting to see which wrestlers could adapt. Yeah. To yes. no crowd. Yes. And who was good. I don't think it's a coincidence that Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens are both really good at it. Yeah. Because they've had experience wrestling everywhere, including in front of like seven people. So they know how to make it feel really intimate. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of my favorite matches, I think, were matches where the performers knew how to do that. Yeah. And they yeah. weren't just groaning and selling. They were talking to one another. They were talking to their opponents pretty vocally. <clears throat> they were talking to the commentators like Sasha and Bailey did a great job of that. There were a lot of other, you know, there were some matches that were like, okay, this is fine, but like they're clearly just playing a TV match. And there were clearly some performers who know how to, you know, pro wrestling evolved to tell a story to the person in like the top row. And this is the weird inversion of that where you have to tell the story to three cameras and nobody else, nobody else matters. Mm -hmm. So not everyone could pull that off, but it was super interesting to see who could. 
Yeah, and um, and most I don't think really could. Yeah. Um, which again isn't necessarily their fault, right. but but it is true the handful that really were able to go out there and and still absolutely kill it with no with no crowd. Um, but for first night, uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins um, was my favorite, probably the best match. Um, and then the ladder match was very good, and I really enjoyed the Boneyard match. Yeah. Still don't really enjoy with the way they booked AJ Styles in this whole feud. I just don't think it really made any sense. It made him look like a, a dweeb, basically. Like, he looked like an idiot. The promos were terrible. He's, like, calling him out personally, doing all this stuff. It's like, why is that AJ of all the people? Mm-hmm. AJ's never even experienced anything with The Undertaker. Like, right. Why would he care at all? So that's kind of already the choice is kind of odd as far as storyline goes. And then you kind of make him just seem like an idiot. Like, he's just joking. Like, The Undertaker's nothing. He's old. He's decrepit. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. And then him and uh, Gallows and Anderson are just getting the crap beat out of him in every single turn. we ever find out who all the guys under the hoods were that came out and just got They were ghosts, man. The they were ghosts. They were ghosts. They were ghosts. And, and Undertaker sent them right back to It was just AJ's wherever. kids. They're freaking out. <laughs> They're not competent fighters. They shouldn't have been there. Yeah. But, uh, so the whole thing already didn't set up AJ well. And then you go and do this whole match, and AJ has all the offense, he has all the help, he has all the cheating, mm-hmm. all the extra stuff, mm-hmm. and then just Undertaker just no-sells all of it, magically appears behind him, and then single-handedly destroys him and all of his help, and then just buries him alive. Mm-hmm. And you're like, alright, mm-hmm. well, that made AJ look like a punk, and look worthless, and look like he has, is cannot competently wrestle anybody. And so now they're going to have to build him complete. Well, one, they got to raise him from the dead now. And then they have to build him back to where anyone will actually take him as a serious competitor again. Obviously, people like us do just because we know of AJ. But as far as in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> you're like, this guy's an idiot. And oh. he just got wasted by a 55-year-old man who can barely walk. And he had help of like 12 okay. people. So you're obviously right, and like this doesn't make AJ look great. I will Mm-mm. say his inability to win a bowed yarn match theoretically has no implication on his ability to actually win like a wrestling match in a ring with other people. I mean, what clearly happened, you're right. Like the the booking of AJ was not great. The way they it, everything about this feud is meant to protect the Undertaker. Like that's from from start to finish. Like clearly what happened is they said, okay, we're going to put him with AJ because if anybody can get a good match out of Undertaker, right. that's, it's AJ. That's, but again, that's the only reason. Right. Well, that then from the there, match. it quickly, like it became, okay, uh, we're not, we're, we're not going to have a match in front of a crowd. Right. We're pre-taping this. Maybe we should lean into it. Let's do a weird gimmick match. And then like all the stuff like AJ calling it out, making it personal, that allowing you to see like the American badass Undertaker come back, that worked. Yeah. Like from a storyline perspective, it just didn't sure. make any sense no. for AJ to be the one doing that. But like honestly, heel AJ's never been that great anyway. Like he's never made I like, that much. I sense. like heel AJ. I think he, but he tends to I be like a little him. goofy, in my opinion. Like not that I, that's I, yeah, bad, no, I agree. They, they make him a little bit too goofy. I do agree with that. Um, I mean, it, it didn't make like you're right. It doesn't make him look great. The rub <clears> he gets for this is entirely outside of kayfabe. Which is not, yeah. you know, because everyone knows he got put with Undertaker because he could get a good match out of him. Right, This sure. is about getting a plausible match out of The Undertaker again. Yeah. And it was entertaining. Like, all of that sure. is yeah, yeah, on no, him. Was. No, and everyone knows that. Job. But, like, AJ Styles, the character, canonically dead. Looks like an idiot. Really curious to see how they how they change that. He just come back, comes back as like rapper AJ or something Dude, like yeah, that. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like he needs to do <laughs> a, a totally different character, weird personality. DJ shift. Styles. I'm Alan now, actually. Tell like, me, man. Just gets DJ really... Styles. DJ Styles. Yes, it's like his dark <laughs> alter ego. Well, this is what Mark was saying. If yeah. is he on Raw? He's on Raw, right? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. If Raw is, doesn't yeah. open with Gallows and Anderson like desperately clawing him out yeah, of the dirt, digging him out, and then like carrying him to the know, car, like CPR, him, people yes. are freaking out. That needs to happen. That'd be kids crying like a whole thing <laughs> just really lean yeah. into it you know what i mean because this is one of those things where it's such yeah. like insane matt hardy territory that if you just keep him cranked up to 11 for a little bit longer it'll go full circle and he'll be so sports entertaining that like he just gets over anyway yeah despite losing but yeah no again i mean as far as like oh aj's been killed or whatever well literally he was but like 
No, AJ's too good to ever get completely... Buried? Yeah, I guess. Or to, to be irrelevant, he's too right. good. He, he's just too good. And they wouldn't... That, that even right. happened when he first came in the WWE, where right. no one quite believed in him, and he was still able to totally rise up to the top just yeah. by himself, just because of his work after. Honestly, I think it was his, his uh, two-match stretch with Roman Reigns for the title. I think that's what pushed him over the edge, at least with Vince, because Roman... No one cared about Roman at all. Yeah. And he wasn't... Roman's never been one to have great matches. That's not his style. That's mo- most top guys. That's not necessarily their style. But Roman can have good matches, but he really needs another really good wrestler in order to do that. He's not going to go in, for the most part, with someone else and then make them look great having a great wrestling match. I think I think the maybe the one example is maybe him and Brock but I think Brock's really good too so I think that's not necessarily true but name name a match with him in like kind of an eh, an okay wrestler that he got like an amazing match out of I think that's not his he's, MO he's not no but he's not a bad he can have a good match with anybody he's not gonna be sure, Shawn Michaels and sure. make you look like a million bucks right, but right. he's also been feuding with Baron Corbin for the last six months and yeah. like none of the, but like yeah. their matches are boring because we've seen them ten times. But like yeah. any individual match is not going to be bad. But he's a brawler. He's not a super sure, technical sure, wrestler. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. And it's not his style. But then you put him with AJ Styles, and he looks like a billion dollars. Like he looks like a dominant, awesome champion. And those are the best matches Roman Reigns has ever been a part of. I think the three best Roman Reigns matches are WrestleMania 31, and then the two title matches against AJ. I think those are his best matches. Because those matches were phenomenal. AJ Styles. Uh-huh. Uh, literally. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then well, after that, basically, a couple months later, he was a champion. He was then the WWE champion within a few months after that. So that really did it. But anyway, nothing about AJ Styles' career. He'll he'll be fine, but it's still maddening for me as a huge AJ Styles fan watching him be treated this way. Um, I feel that and, and another thing, I don't he didn't need to wrestle The Undertaker. Like that's this big deal, quote unquote. But for someone like AJ, it doesn't benefit him really. I think uh, the yeah. only thing it might benefit him is like in the office backstage. Well, that's what, as yeah. far as like that's not nothing. I mean, no. that's very real to wrestle the Undertaker at WrestleMania in this stage of his career. That is a big deal. Like the fact that they looked at him and were like, "If anybody mm-hmm. can do it, it's AJ Styles." Like I know again sure, in storyline sure. that doesn't. That's not that fun. Nobody really cares. But in cares, general, but you, that's know, you real. look at like Randy Orton getting to wrestle The Undertaker at WrestleMania 21. Like that was a big deal for upcoming Randy Orton to get this great match with The Undertaker. You know, that type right. of thing. Like it doesn't really help him at all. I feel the same way about Punk when he wrestled him at WrestleMania 29. Yeah, they had a great match and it was a good feud and stuff, but it didn't. Was Punk any bigger after that than before? No. He was already a huge deal, and it didn't necessarily help him. And then he loses also. Yeah, but that's still, I mean, you're right. Like, I get all that. But that's still part of that match with Taker is part of Punk's legacy as, like, this understated guy. Sure. This is part of AJ Styles' legacy as the guy who was not WWE for forever. And then he came to WWE and he didn't get buried and he didn't disappear. He showed up, he had matches and moments that mattered. Happened last night. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, he didn't disappear. He is the lifelong TNA wrestler who showed yeah. up and proved to everybody that he could do anything in WWE. And the most yeah. WWE thing you can do is have a match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Sure. I think that's... I, I, I think a lot of how I feel about this will be how they like handle it going yeah. forward. Whether yeah. that's like they give him a title shot immediately like to make up for it or... They bring in DJ Styles, you know, the other side of the spectrum. I'll be curious to see. <laughs> that would be the but... worst thing ever, but it would make me laugh initially. All right. So, uh, what else you want to talk anyway, about before we get into That was night it? one. It's late. Night two was okay. That's it. It was just, it's fine. It's fine. See, this is the one. It, I... Like, there was one, other than Five Five Funhouse, nothing, nothing was, I didn't think anything was oh, anything boy, great. Get to that. So I didn't think is... anything was great. <laughs> It was just fine. There was some decent moments. There's some right. decent storytelling moments. Like in the women's match, the Bailey Sash thing was fine. I thought the match wasn't good, but like the ending was fine. Um, I you know, there was a few of those moments, but nothing really... I didn't really care about anything. I didn't care about Edge Randy. I mean, I liked the Edge Randy Orton feud when it first started, 
And then I feel like they really kind of made it not matter once Edge comes back fully fine after the Beth Phoenix thing. That was, that made no that makes no kayfabe sense in any way other than Edge is a coward. It's the only explanation for that. So again, it further proves that Randy Orton is the babyface in this feud, and Edge is the despicable heel. Um, I mean, he crippled a man with a chair in the yeah, match. He yeah, it's ridiculous. Up. Edge is a horrible person. I don't understand why people cheer him. It's ridiculous. But story-wise, it had a good start. And then that part kind of made me not care as much. And then I didn't really care about the setup. And then once you then lose a crowd, and now you got to do the whole thing without that, that loses a little bit more. And then they do this last man standing match, which started off interesting with them going on a tour of the performance yeah, center. Fun. And then it goes on for 45 minutes. It was a lot. The same thing. It was a lot. And was so slow. It was literally like nothing, 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 high spot. Kind of nothing, 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 high spot. And that was kind of thing. And then you have the announcers golf golf announcing the whole match. I didn't mind that. I which that wasn't worked. good. And it was just boring. It was just boring to me. I thought it was boring. And then you have Edge mostly getting beat up. He did a few big moves. But he mostly was the one taking the heat from the heel Orton. And then he's just fine at the end. He, he, he took like six. Wasn't he took, what? He wasn't he took what, fine. Three or four they were RKOs. Both super messed up. He took a bunch of shots and stuff like that. And then he just kind of... Was all right, just standing there, fine, and he wasn't fine. He, he was looked super fine broken to me. Up. He didn't even look hurt at the end. He's just standing there. I think you're only hits him with what the chairs, you see. and that's it. Ah, dumb. I thought night two was really, really good. I said this dumb. on Twitter. I, I think, I mean, if you guys have been listening, you you kind of know me and what I like. Like work rate is fine for me, but if there's not a storytelling moment there, then it's not going to matter to me that much. Unless the story is we're having a sporting right, event right. which is fine sure, sure, but i just sure. i felt like night two was really well booked even though like i don't think there was anything quite as clean as like kevin owens seth rollins in terms of like a really intense good in-ring match yeah there were a lot of really solid matches with really 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 good booking really 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 good storytelling and jumping off points for the future and i liked all of that i liked yeah. I, I thought the women's match was really good i i don't think like Sasha and Bailey, I know, are really good. Lacey Evans isn't really there yet. Naomi and Tamina, it's yeah. not their strong suit. I didn't think that match was great, but the story of Bailey and Sasha working their way through those women was great. And yeah. Bailey accidentally knocking Sasha out. Sasha helps her win anyway. And now there's this this tension. Like again, the action in the ring, not like it's not a five star match yeah. at all. But the shot of Bailey saying, nobody can touch me. Not you, Michael Cole. Not you, JBL. Not you, Lacey Evans, talking trash to Lacey Evans. She hops on the turnbuckle, and you just see Sasha Banks standing alone on the ramp behind her. Yeah, that was a That's great shot. Art. That was a great that is shot. Art. Yes, that was, was great. That is some of the really best good like, shot. cinematography in wrestling, which is not something you think about a lot. But the same thing to start the match. She comes into the ring, and you see it right behind her. She's holding up the title, and Sasha's just staring daggers at her. Mm-hmm. awesome moment that's great that's why i watch wrestling and i cannot they they nailed that they absolutely nailed that and i can't wait to see what they do with that going forward otis fantastic total sports entertainment wrestlemania moment mm. i wish this match more than any other i wish we had a crowd for because yeah i, yeah, I agree see, that would have been yeah it, sure the crowd would have loved you it. know the pop when mandy rose comes in and low blows Dolph ziggler after all this time and then he carries her off that was great I love that. I thought the match was fun. It was quick enough that it wasn't really a you know you know like quick and easy. It was it was good. It wasn't like yeah. a five star classic, but it sure. did exactly what it needed to do, and it paid off the story. Edge and Randy Orton went for way too long. You're not wrong. Like it started out really promising. It had some fun spots, and mm-hmm. at some point you were literally just like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom because we're clearly going to be here. A while. Mm-hmm. Like it was funny coming into this night. I feel like we said. This is the match that like could potentially be the best with no crowd still. Like could be least impacted by the fact that there's no crowd. And I, I don't know. I think that really hurt it. I think you were yeah. right. I think if there had been an energy and a buzz from the crowd the whole time, all those long walks down different hallways would have been a lot more meaningful. And they could have cut a lot of that stuff out. But then main event, the title match, the big title between uh, Drew and Brock. It was pretty much the same as night one. It was, it was four big guys with a lot of finishers, no other moves, quick yeah. and dirty. Like yeah, it was disappointing to me because mm. I 
Both these guys can go. Brock can go, and Drew can go. And we could have had a hard-hitting, really awesome match. Like a brutal, like, again, yep. like a Roman Reigns, yep. Brock Lesnar, yep. Res- WrestleMania 31. We could have had one of those barn burners, you know, a 10 to 15 minute, like, brutal fight. Mm-hmm. Where each are just beat the crap down. And it would have been awesome. And they're like, nah. We we don't care about our title matches. We're just going to go finisher, 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 kick out. Finisher, 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 pin. That was the right is. booking decision. That's like, uh, everything... The it's quick funny. stuff, I, I think it was paced, and this is part of having it two nights, which we talked about a little bit. Two nights is great because both nights, like it went off the air, and I wanted to watch more wrestling. Yeah, they left that's me fair. really excited, really satisfied, and I wanted more. And that's exactly where you want to be. So there's matches that like I didn't care that much about, like the tag match. I don't think anybody really got super invested in it. Went by quickly, but you needed yeah. a break. You're right. Drew and Brock can go, and I think they will at some point in the future. I think they looked around and they said, and I'm going to use this as a segue, uh, number one, we want these guys to have a great like WrestleMania 31 level Hoss fight Mm -hmm. when there are 15,000 people here to see them. And number two, we can't have a 20-minute classic when we're following up one of the greatest and weirdest WrestleMania matches of all time. Yeah. In the Firefly Funhouse. Which is, I mean, that's fair, I guess. So. I think it was I mean, paced yeah, really, really well. Yeah, with the Firefly Funhouse coming before, like, I, I kind of get that. But still, when you know these guys can go, it's just disappointing. It's disappointing. I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of them, first of all. And I think that was the perfect decision because all anyone wants to talk about is the fact that John Cena's trapped in the puppet dimension. That would be great. If, if that comes out on Raw, or their SmackDown thing, so they haven't filmed that, so now who knows? Who knows? But that would be funny if then John Cena can't show up anywhere because he's in the puppet dimension, and every time he did, they do the Firefly Funhouse, you see, you cut to John Cena in this glass box, and it's Bray White and all the puppets just like watching him. He's just screaming and pounding the glass, but that you would can't be great. hear him. That it's, would be dude, great. I'm telling I agree, you. that would be fun. I didn't think, do you want to do this now? Is there anything else you want to say, or do you want to get into it? Because this uh, is what we were just... As soon as this went off the air, I looked at you and I said, it happened. This is the current event that we're going to do a whole episode about. <laughs> or at least we're just going to talk about it for the next um, 20 minutes. I mean. Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's go ahead. We got to get into this. I didn't think they could top the Boneyard match. Yeah, because that like, was really good. They that went off really the air job. and I was like, that was really solid. That was a great bit of like Broken Mat, Lucha Underground brilliance like it was fun it was hokey and it was a little over the top but it was really fun this was on a whole nother level oh my gosh of insanity it wasn't even a match it was a nightmare it wasn't a match it was an existential breakdown wow okay so we should have been taking notes man i know i i don't even know where to start so So you start you start with a normal john cena entrance and for a second i thought wait are they just gonna have like a falls count anywhere match right in the arena like oh no Oh, no. Yeah, that would have not been good. Reader, they did not. Not been good. And then immediately it just cuts, almost like a CM Punk cut in. Yeah. Like Blackout. Video like, cuts. Pull the plug. Static. All this. And then you go to the Firefly Funhouse. Bray Wyatt. Starts this whole thing where he has pulled John Cena into his Firefly Funhouse dimension. And then just toys with him for the next like 10 minutes. And sends him through like his whole history right. of him wrestling. Like again, I was thinking at this point, you know, and he's got he's got this sign on the door that says abandon all hope, ye who exit here, meaning like who steps yeah. out the door of the fun yeah. house, which was a really great touch. That was good. So now I'm I'm thinking though, but like I'm still I'm not on the same level as Bray Wyatt. I'm thinking, okay, like he's in the the fun house. Okay, cool. So they're gonna have like a goofy I'm still thinking Boneyard. I'm thinking Final Deletion. Like, they're going to have this goofy, weaponized, Falls Count Anywhere match. Right. In Bray Wyatt's world. Okay, cool. Let's go. And then he gets into the ring and juxtaposed with Kurt Angle begins cutting the promo that led to John Cena's debut, which begins the first of several, like... And then it immediately cuts to a puppet Vince McMahon. Yeah, 
who's asking John Cena if he has ruthless aggression. Right. Which, or asking not John Cena, but asking, you know, the roster of if they have ruthless aggression, just right. like he did. Telling him. Yeah, yeah. For real. Already, you're like, oh, oh. okay. Where where are we going with this? <laughs> right. You, okay, this is... This is interesting. Yeah, like we're digging around in John Cena's... And then all of a sudden, you, like, see John Cena... In his original debut gear. In the ring. Only underscores, White. by the way, how terrifying John Cena with hair is. Yeah, it's it's not the That best. was the funniest the thing best. about this. Like, it's I get it, he's got movie roles or whatever. Right. But, like, that was the most distracting. But that makes it work, too. So what they're doing is they start... Like, the only thing I can think to compare it to is A Christmas Carol. Where we're like walking through <laughs> important moments in John Cena's life, yeah. but but that are but like haunting him. It's not just that because then he's re he's, he's like interacting and recreate. Re, it's yeah, literally recreating them. I mean, it's like, and this is what so what what they do is like this is the first of a couple vignettes, right? Yeah, and they aren't all John Cena specifically, which we'll get to, but like, which he, is weird. He cuts the same promo that Kurt Angle says. He says, what's the one quality that you possess that makes you think you can come into the ring with me and face the best in the world? And John Cena says, ruthless aggression. And he swings and he misses. Yep. And he misses and he misses and he misses. And this is like, it's John, it's every pro wrestler's nightmare. This is the dream where you're stuck in high school and you have no pants on and you can't wake up. That is what happens to John Cena for the next... I don't know how long it was. It feels like 20 minutes. He can't hit him. He, he he can't do what he knows he did. And I think Bray Wyatt even says, like, this is this is John Cena's worst nightmare. Like, this is your big chance. This is your debut, and mm-hmm. you're blowing it, John. Mm-hmm. He starts needling him like that. Yeah, no, that was that was great. That was great. Um The next so then uh, so yeah, it starts with the ruthless aggression, John Cena thing. And then it immediately like cuts, and now he's wearing a retro Babe Ruth jersey and Yankees hat with brass knuckles. And the Doctor of Thugonomics has next, returned. It's the next evolution. For the second WrestleMania in a row, the Doctor of Thugonomics has returned. Because that was like the best part of last year's WrestleMania. Touch. Excellent. Other touch. than Kofi Kingston. Um, and so now you have the Doctor of Thugonomics. And then like he involuntarily. Is like cutting raps yeah. on Bray Wyatt. He gets in there and he starts. Like he doesn't to talk. even mean to. He's like cutting raps on. Oh, you want me to cut raps? But then, right. like, he is doing it. Like and then this weird meta loop. Right, because that's the whole. Like he's trapped in Bray Wyatt's mind games, for right. lack of a better word. Like the highest, yep. most elite level of mind games Bray Wyatt has ever deployed in you know yep. seven years in WWE. And yeah, he can only speak in rhyme, so he starts cutting promos and rhyming. And the puppets are in the back, like, marking out at all the disses, mm-hmm. which is really funny because it's Ramblin' Rabbit and he's an idiot. Yeah. yeah and then, and he just, he you know, he does his, like, here's the thing. This is what, this, this is where you, you knew you were in for something special, but, like, any other WrestleMania, I mean, we've seen him do this before. He did it last year. He comes mm-hmm. out, he cuts the Word Life promo, like, AA, whatever, he's done. He just crushed somebody. He and The Rock did it to the Wyatt family. I think it was at 32? Where they came, like they, 32 or 33. Uh, I think it was 32. I don't remember. They come out, they interrupt The Rock. The Rock has a match with Eric Rowan, beats him in like three seconds. And then he and John Cena beat up the Wyatt family. Like this is a bit. Oh, it's a fun throwback character. We're going to beat up the jobber and move on. And then Bray Wyatt cuts him off and just cuts the like least... Dr. Thugonomics promo of all time. He's basically brought to tears. He's just like, I. you talk about me wasting your op- opportunities. You have been given more opportunities than anybody in this company. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to fail. You don't know what this is like. You're not a hero. You're a bully. You're a bad person. But yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. John looks convicted for a second, and then he just cuts another wrap and pulls out the bag of emerald nuts, which I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he used at last year's WrestleMania, right? Um, you have he these nuts in your that, face. Yeah, but he he did do that last year. Yeah, yeah, but um, he's done it before. Okay, like that but, wasn't the first time he's right. he's done that. He's done it. It's it's been a thing. 
yeah. Right. So then he like he 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 just cuts this very sincere mentally deranged promo on John Cena and Cena hits him back with the canned, you know, good but very sports entertaining and character driven like rap stuff. He just finishes with that like he can't he can't turn that off. He right, can't right, which was great. So is this at this point do we flash back to the 80s? Yeah, no, no, no. They did, did we, the eighties. Skip that already. I'm sorry. I think okay. They did. Uh, I think they started with some of the ruthless aggression. They jumped back to that, after but then the they went aggression. straight back to the eighties, and yeah. then I think they went back to John Cena's. I think that's when debut. they did. The, it was a weird yeah, order of stuff. But yeah, that was that was the first thing that they really did was going to Saturday Night's main event from like the eighties, and it was John. What was his name? John Largemeat. Johnny like large. Yeah. yeah Johnny Largemeat. Yeah. Which was great. And you know, John Cena just with dumbbells, just just firing away it's, and just at like an Ultimate Warrior level, a hundred percent, like cutting promos, just like back in the eighties, exactly. big jacked dude just yelling into the camera, and that that was that was wrestling. And it's pure cheese, and it's pure oh, yeah. like Southpaw. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's hilarious. Yeah, it literally like, felt like Southpaw Vince McMahon wrestling. and like Macho yes. Mercy the Buzzard are on yes, commentary. Yes, and it's, that was it's great. hilarious. That was wonderful. But it's still. Bray Wyatt making fun of John Cena and saying like, boy, my tag team partner for this Saturday night's main event, you know, he may not be able to do much, but he's got big muscles and that's all that matters. Yep. Like it's still, there's still this character underneath it just that's been cooking on all of this for seven years, six years, yep. ever since he lost at WrestleMania 30 and he's still going nuts. And like John Cena, Johnny Largemeat pumps curls so much, <laughs> cutting his promo that his arms give out yeah. and he can't pick his arms up and he can't defend himself yep. and his ego has gotten the best of him and left him defenseless and then we jump back into the ring and now do you want to talk about uh you want to talk about who Bray Wyatt looks like now because this was your favorite part of the whole night um yeah so this is after the ruthless aggression part um and after the rat after the Dr. Thugonomics for reasons I don't understand <laughs> all of a sudden you have this grainy black and white footage starting to flash on the screen, and then you have, like, the metallic background, the metal background of WCW Monday Nitro flashing over the screen. And then all of a sudden it cuts to the ring, and you see slow motion, black and white, and the NWO theme starts, the weird, what Harris was just doing. You know the song. You, of course. You, everyone knows yeah. the guitar riff. And John Cena is coming out of the Monday Nitro set wearing NWO shirt and a hat. With the NWO World Heavyweight Championship, the spray-painted belt, air guitaring like he's Hollywood Hogan. And then Bray Wyatt's in the ring wearing a Wolfpack shirt. Well, because he came to the... He's Eric Bischoff. He came to the ring. No, but that doesn't make any sense because Eric Bischoff was never a part of the Wolf. Yeah, no, I know. But it's just like that's how he came to the ring in the first place. Which was just kind of odd. This is what... It was odd. I don't know where the Wolfpack thing came from. Here's my interpretation of this really quickly. They are jumping back and forth between all these different moments of John Cena's career and of people like John Cena, right? Sure. Like, he he was not a wrestler in the 80s for Saturday Night's right. main event. Right. God knows, I'm sure Vince was, wishes he was, because he right. would have been perfect for that. And then he's saying that he's Hulk, he's Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, WCW. he's all of these different pieces, but the yeah. one they flash back to the most, and they'll flash back to it again, is the match at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. Yep. yep. And there's a moment where he gives John a steel chair. He says, you know what you have to do? You made the wrong decision six years ago. You want to take me out? Take me out. And he just offers himself up. Does that happen before the NWO I think this is before because this is... Again, we're, it, the, it was so... Order-wise, I don't remember. I it's could all be, over the place, right. man. Like, I, so many weird things happen. We're just trying to remember all of them that happened. I, I could be misremembering, but this is why I think this. Because John Cena holds the chair... And at WrestleMania 30, hustle, loyalty, respect. You know, he, he, right. he puts the chair down. And he goes on to Superman up and he wins. Six years later, and trapped in this trapped in this nightmare, John Cena says, I have to kill this guy, even if it means doing the dishonorable thing. And he swings with all his might, and Oof. Bray disappears. Gone. And that's when we jump back. And this is like Hollywood Hogan John yep. Cena. This yep. is the John Cena that made the choice to turn on his friends at Bash at the Beach. That's yep. what this yep. is. This and is- that's why that transition happens, because now yep. it's... 
it's the closest thing to heal John Cena in this nightmare dimension yeah. that we've ever seen. Because he chose to hit Bray Wyatt, this is the path that we've gone down. This is what he is now. Yep. You know what I mean? And you got intercutting footage of Eric Bischoff talking, and then Bray Wyatt talking right. like Eric Bischoff, Bray- which is the trippiest thing ever. It's Eric Bischoff. <laughs> is it WrestleMania? Yeah. Six months after he was unceremoniously fired for being too smart for WWE. <laughs> It's the most mind-boggling thing. And the best thing ever is Eric Bischoff's reaction. Look at it on his Twitter page. He reacts to that. Right. And it's hilarious. Because we think it's weird. Imagine imagine how it feels for him. (laughs) He's like, why am I on here? Like, it is, it's great. Um, Yeah, so they're basically saying Hogan is the equivalent of what we all, what a bunch of people perceive Hulk Hogan as, as the guy who was going through and burying everybody and keep taking everything from himself. Which is exactly the character that Bray is saying that John Cena is. Exactly. Um, now, that's not necessarily true for either of them completely, but that's the narrative for both of them. And that's, I mean, that's and been... And that, that has been the narrative for both of them, for Hogan and for Cena. Yeah. It, it has been looked at that way, so that's the comparison. And we get to see John Cena wearing NWO, which was the greatest, which was like the coolest thing ever. So weird. We got a WCW reference... At WrestleMania. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Not me. No. But it was great, and it's my favorite thing I've seen at a WrestleMania since the Hardy Boys came back at 33. Mm. So, in like three years, that's like the greatest thing I've seen yeah. at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, Kofi winning was great. Kofi winning, there's a few. There's a few great moments. But it's up there. Though. But it's You're up not there, wrong. man. Yeah. No, it's up there with one of my favorite things I've ever seen at a WrestleMania. Um the match just in general, but but especially that moment was great because it was so out of left field. Ooh, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then then it cuts back to regular John Cena, and uh, he basically just gets beat up by Bray Wyatt. I mean, his gear's been changing this entire yeah, time. Yeah, oh, the whole That's time. Like, yeah. So when like time. when Bray Wyatt is in the ring and he's playing Kurt Angle, John Cena is wearing what he debuted in. And when we flash back to the WrestleMania 30 match. He's wearing the shirt and the gear and the wristbands mm-hmm. that he wore there. At one point, we cut back. We cut back to Bray Wyatt, but it's like 2014 Bray Wyatt in a rocking chair in the woods. And he's yep. talking about how like this was supposed to be me and this was supposed to be when everything came true and everything was made right. And this was, this was awesome. I can't believe they leaned into this. But like... Pretty famously, by WrestleMania 30, people were sick of John Cena. Yeah. Everyone wanted, like, especially the smart fans in the arena wanted Bray Wyatt to win because he was mm-hmm. more interesting. He was new. They hadn't seen that before. Yep. They're pretty openly cheering for Bray Wyatt that oh, entire yeah. match. Oh, yeah. And they're not, like, I've seen angrier crowds at WrestleMania, but, like, they don't want Cena to win. He's not getting cheered at all. And now, mm-hmm. six years later, Bray Wyatt says, you say you're a man of the people, John. Why didn't you listen to them? And it cuts to the crowd at WrestleMania 30 singing, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. That was amazing. Awesome moment. And great. I'm trying to remember the exact like moment of the reveal. I think it's after this part. Like it's it's WrestleMania 30 era Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Sitting in his rocking chair like he never left and talking about how now he's gonna make everything right. And then it cuts back to Cena in the ring and the fiend is behind him. Yep. And then he just gets annihilated. I mean, mandible claw, mandible claw. Like, I, I don't think there's too sister much Abigail. more to the match. Yeah. Right. At some point, like, he holds him in that sister Abigail, just like it's at WrestleMania 30, and the yeah. camera holds on John Cena, and it plays Cena's promo, which he absolutely do. Yeah. The craftsmanship yeah. of this, because he absolutely, like, he wrote that for this. Right. That's why they, oh, it's genuinely a work of art we also forgot to talk about the other part right after the nwo stuff where it cuts to puppet vince mcmahon oh yeah i forgot about that (laughs) and we get the uh the very famous behind the scenes vince mcmahon line which was the greatest that was awesome it's perfect i can't believe we saw that actually yeah so it's it's walking this weird line between like goofy and like wrestling history and self-referential stuff but also just this perfect character-driven story. And yep. as the Fiend, not Bray Wyatt, but the Fiend yep. finally shows up yep. and just annihilates John Cena and he's cradling his head in the sister Abigail. And it holds on John Cena and you hear John Cena say, I'm going to destroy the career of the most overrated, overhyped 
an underperforming superstar in the WWE, and then he hits the sister Abigail. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt, normal Bray Wyatt, Funhouse is, is, Bray Wyatt is comes counting in. the pin as the fiend at the same time is pinning. Counts the three, John Cena. and then it's over. Yep. And then we cut to Titus O'Neil. <laughs> It was perfect. And I thought Titus... And he doesn't talk for like 30 seconds. I thought Titus was going to blow it, but Titus, of all people, is killed what really it. stuck the landing because he it. just looks at the camera with And the that same is look. why they took Gronk out and, and, and replaced him with right. Titus was for that one moment to drive home the end of the fight. That's the finals. thing, and it worked. And, and it like, did, it When worked. Gronk... Like, it Gronk worked. won the, w, the 24-7 title. Nobody cares. He ran no, out of the building. Cares? Whatever. Fine. Yeah. And then Titus O'Neil was like, all right, everybody, I guess now. I'm here to host. And literally They're everyone like, said, why? What are you doing? No, Nobody we cares. Don't need WrestleMania that. doesn't need a host. That's no. made up. He was there to do that. Yep. He was there to look into the camera like he'd been violated, which was how, ev- like, just shock and awe. Okay. Which is how everyone watching felt. They knocked it out of the okay. heart. What's the better cut to a quote unquote reaction? Is it that or is it. Uh, Renee, Michael Cole, and Corey Graves. After that, Alexa Bliss backstage um, uh, topless segment. I, it's this one, but only. I don't there. know, man. That was one of the greatest oh, reaction shots great. no, ever. That was like top is their three. face of just. That was like top three, but this is like next level. This is yeah. The, this the, is great. This I, was Titus O'Neil killed it, man. This is the greatest thing Titus O'Neil has ever done in WWE, except for trip at right. the greatest Royal Rumble. Right. That's the greatest moment. That's one but of the greatest is, WWE moments ever, and that'll always be his top moment. Yeah, it's this true. is a pretty this is close second. This is up there, but like, this, like if it was, it doesn't work if it's Michael Cole. You know what I mean? It doesn't work if it's not Corey as well. Because we I think cut, it still works. It a still little, works fine, but it's not we cut good. back to them all the time, and they're yeah. always like, "Well, I just don't know how to address yeah. when it's." freaking Titus it's Titus because nobody would have ever expected it and he's just yeah. enough of like a corporate shill to where it's like believable like it couldn't have been Zack Ryder then it would have no, been too goofy no, but yeah. Titus O'Neil in a suit you're like yeah I've seen him go to charity events like this fits so it just drives he's home. a real person number one it's funny yeah. yeah but number two it just drives home how unsettling that is right I didn't think about it I remember you saying it but I didn't think about it until after it ended but this is the killing joke Yes, that's, yes, what, that that's is. what I said at the beginning. I was like, all I want is for this to be like the funhouse scene in The Killing Joke when there's two, well, there's two different ones. There's the one where the Joker is dragging Commissioner Gordon through a funhouse trying to drive him insane. Right. And then you have a shot later where Batman's going through kind of the kind of a funhouse a little bit as well. But that's what I wanted to see is John Cena having to go through this like terrifying funhouse of, of, yeah, disorienting stuff that he has no control over. Right, and that's pretty much what we got. I mean, it was literally it was somehow like. First of all, if I were a kid, I would have found this deeply unsettling because yeah. it's literally yeah. just like a psychedelic nightmare. But it also managed to be like this goofy Southpaw regional wrestling sort of homage, yep. Yep. and all these little in jokes that you love about the Firefly Funhouse, mm-hmm. like in wrestling history, like the puppet vents and the macho buzzard and. Yep. Just the yep. way, like, they would play, like, they had actual, it was just the intro to Saturday night's main event, mm-hmm. except for, like, occasional footage of Macho Mercy the Buzzard spliced <laughs> in, so you could yeah, barely notice. Great, yeah. And it was genuinely hilarious. It was. And it was also, like, it was peak Bray Wyatt. Like, yep. everything he's ever done in all of the mind games and all of the times he's gotten stomped by Cena and Roman Reigns and all these other characters, it all led up to this. And it was this mm-hmm. beautiful moment of, like, it was comedy and like wrestling history and a love of wrestling and also just pure vengeance. Yep. And it was like, and the fiend shows up at the end and you just, he's done. Like it's over yeah. and he just crushed him. And that was, was the end. So perfect. It was brilliant. It was a work of art. It was, a, it was another just brilliant WWE production from their production team. Fantastic. All the footage was great. It was all cut in perfectly. They built the audio it all was perfectly. cut in perfectly. It, it was paced. Amazing. Everything about it was done spot on. Shout out to John Cena, yeah. by the way, at this point, because I, I was going to say this earlier, but you know, the, the complaint for years is that, you know, Super Cena, nobody wins, he buries everybody. Right. I get that. I'm sure that was frustrating to go through. I don't think anybody really holds that opinion now, not serious people. No. But it's, it's undeniable. It's because he does stuff he like this. The rumor weeks ago, when it was clear that they were taping this match, 
is that he was going to bat for this. That he yeah. was saying, no, 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 we need to listen to this guy because he's smart and he knows what he's doing. And he was down. And everything from when he came back has been building up to this moment. This doesn't happen if a star the caliber of John Cena isn't willing to get squashed like this. And he's done mm-hmm. that a few times now, and it's to his credit because it's, yeah. it's yeah, been it great is. for the business. No, he's perfect at that. He's been building up people now for years. Yeah. Um, and doing a phenomenal job. John Cena has always been good. Yeah, he's always been good. Um, obviously there have been frustrating runs, um, where basically stuff wasn't going great and it wasn't very interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's always been great. He's been good in the ring. Again, it's it's what it's it's he's good at what he does as far as in ring work. Right. Like the way he wrestles. Again, it's like Hogan or any of those guys. They're not going out and putting on these massive technical shows, but they can go out there and have a really good match with just about anyone. Right. Um, and if you give them a technician like a Shawn yeah, Michaels, they like can a CM ha- Punk, they're going to have an incredible well, match. And, uh, but that's that's different from Hogan. Hogan, oh, not yeah, yeah, necessarily. Yeah. No, okay, that's fair. That far, but with Cena, 100%. You can give him a Michaels or an AJ Styles or any of that, and he can 100% go. 100% go right alongside them and put on outstanding, like, five-star matches. The guy can do everything. He's one of the best talkers, I think, in the history of the WWE. Definitely in the past 20 years. Um, at and again, not just one thing. At many different types of promos, yeah, he can do just he can do it all. Um, so yeah, he's he's uh, people are finally I think getting that now. They're over the annoyance with Super Cena and now really kind of respecting the talent that he actually does have. And he's been putting other people over now for years and doing a great job of it. And this is just the latest example of just how good he is. And how good he's able to make something. But again, you make sense. It makes sense because he's one of the perfect people for this. Because now, actor, yeah, he's gone full into the acting thing. Yeah. So, what would be a better type of? What would be a better person to be in this basically cinematic match? And realistically, like than a John Cena. When you haven't been in the ring for that long, like they they were just showing the Undertaker talking about this a little bit because yeah. there's a it looks awesome. There's going to be a feature on the Undertaker like over yeah, the last be few awesome. years on the network but he was saying like when you only wrestle one night a year it isn't just like strength and conditioning although that's obviously there but little things like your timing mm-hmm. come with time and you right. are kind of in a rhythm they're and an you're instinct doing this on a regular, yes like you have to feel it you it have is to know, hard yeah. to pick it up one night a year and really crush it so mm-hmm. could john cena and bray wyatt have had a good wrestling match tonight sure but that is not John Cena's skill set right now. No. And the fact that he was smart enough and willing enough to play along and get dunked on by this guy. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. in a match that, yeah, showcased what he does really well, which is larger than life characters, moments, facial expressions, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was it was the perfect vehicle, not only for Bray Wyatt as a character, but for John Cena as a performer. Yeah, totally agree. Everyone looks great from something like that. Yeah. Um, highly entertaining. Best thing on all of the WrestleMania. It's one of the best great things they've WrestleMania done in moments. Years, I genuinely think. Like fantastic. So yeah. much fun. Um, it was like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. It was like a WWE episode of Twilight Zone, which is one of my favorite shows ever. The original Twilight Zone, not any of the other remake garbage. Um But that's what it felt like. It it really felt like a type of Twilight yep. Zone episode, and it was executed fantastically. Both performers gave it a hundred percent. The editing was amazing. And it's just... It's, Not much else to say about it. It's the it culmination great. of like... Again, the first WrestleMania I ever watched was WrestleMania 30. This right. is the culmination of six years of frustration and futility. Yep. On the part of this character and this performer and all of the fans who've been like, man... This guy's really interesting, mm-hmm. and you're not letting him do anything, and you're not putting him over the biggest superstars. It's building on all of that, and that's what the yep. best wrestling stuff does. It builds on the frustration of Daniel Bryan in real life, people thinking he's not good enough. Right, right. You know, it builds on the like the frustration with Roman Reigns, and like the frustration that fans had that oh, this WrestleMania is not going to end well. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in Seth Rollins and light the place on fire because that real life frustration is yep. there. It built on this very real long-term storyline and paid it off in a fantastic way. And you don't see that that much in wrestling, but it was 
perfect. It was. Absolutely perfect. It was. Great. Great thing there. Uh, decent, decent two nights WrestleMania overall. Um, definitely better than it should have been with under the cir- circumstances. Got to give them props. Um, everyone involved for able to be able to, for being able to put on a show like that. Yep. With no one there and you know pre-taped and all that, all that stuff. Who knows? It could have been ten in the morning. Some of those guys were trying to put on some of these, which is very know? funny to think about. It is. So no props to them. Gronk was that. probably there for like twenty minutes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he filmed all this stuff immediately. He was out. But uh, no, good job for sure by then. We'll see Raw. We'll see what happens with that later on. And then they they taped NXT, and then that's it. So who knows what will happen after that. But like I said, I I would watch. That wasn't bad. I would watch a special segment that's just Vince McMahon watching the Firefly Funhouse <laughs> match for the first time. I'm serious. Yeah, like that would be fun. Have that That'd split screen and air that on television. Oh, my word. Incredible. Yeah. No, I'd watch that for sure. But anyway, that is it for this uh, episode. Just us talking about WrestleMania for this week. We'll be back with a regular episode next week, and we'll see what crazy thing we can come up with to talk about for next week's normal episode. But uh, make sure and follow us on Twitter at bind underscore gorilla. Um, One of us got chopped. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> See if you can guess who it was. Yeah, you can check that out on our Instagram and Twitter page, at behind underscore gorilla. So um, if you want to check that out, you can do that. Um, we follow back wrestling fans as well. You can follow my personal Twitter as well, at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So you can do that. At the same time, Harris uses his much more for wrestling stuff than I use mine for. I pretty much use the podcast account for all my wrestling stuff but uh definitely go and check that out and of course the instagram page as well we're on facebook too but i just post the links to the episodes don't really do any interaction on that just delete your facebook buddy i'm not talking to you i'm talking to (laughs) sure um but yeah that is it for this week wrestlemania has happened it was wild it was crazy and uh we'll see what the wrestling industry does moving on in the future but yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys, and make sure and join us next week for another episode of Behind the Grill.